0: Subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show, Shooting the Breeze. Welcome to Ghoul Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be speaking to Donna and Donna from uh, the Kairos program that we just interviewed yesterday, Kairos Prison Ministry International. They've uh, been through the program and uh, they want to tell it from both the prisoner side as well as the family of the prisoner side and explain how uh, that whole process works. Hello and welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host Tony Peters. Today we have Dawn and Donna here and they are going to uh, tell us a little about Kairos uh, Prison Ministry International uh, as well as uh, what their experiences have been like with that. So why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourselves briefly.
1: Well my name is Donna Whineker and I live in Hallville, Texas and work as a behavior assistant at the high school.
2: I'm Don Weininger, um, this is my wife, and uh, I do construction work.
1: Mm-hmm. And in our free time, we do Cairo's Prison Ministry, um, which is a ministry for women who, well, it's a ministry for anyone who has been impacted by incarceration. But we work in the South Side, which is a ministry for women who uh, are impacted because their son's daughter, you know, they're the aunt of someone who has gone inside.
0: Yeah, and that's really important work uh, for each of that. Uh, why don't we get you, you guys to share a little what your testimonies, uh, starting with you, Donya, and then we'll get uh, Don to share.
1: Okay. Um, well, the reason I am so involved with Carosa's outside is because when I became a prison wife, um, it was it was it was incredibly frustrating and scary for me. I had you know grown up, never had anybody incarcerated in my life, and didn't know anybody who had ever been incarcerated before, you know. Those people were bad, (laughs) and you know, just in the way that I was raised. That just was the the mindset. And so, uh, you know, Don and I got married and about four months later, he was arrested Um, and he knew that he was going to be. So I kind of knew that he was, but I was not prepared at all. And being thrown into it, um, you know, I didn't know. A lot of the lingo, I didn't know what the expectations were. And um, it was scary. I mean, that's all I can say. It was super scary. And it took about a year before we found Tyros. Um, My church was super supportive, you know, and, you know, my family was supportive. But they didn't know anything either. But um, Don got to his home. His home base, I don't I don't know what. Home unit. Home unit. And he found out that he had missed the Kairos cookies by a week. <laughs> and they said, man, if you were here a week earlier, you would have got home baked cookies. And so Don, of course, called me as soon as he was allowed. There's a, a lapse there. And uh, he, the first thing he said was, so what is Kairos? And I had no idea. So I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll find out an idea that I found out that it was a ministry that actually reaches out to those who were impacted by incarceration. And I said, you know what? I know, I, I knew that God would not have just deserted me. I knew that. And, and for the year, I, I knew that He was with me. But just the fact that I knew that he was, I mean, he had already prepared the way for me. It was just amazing. So I went ahead and signed up to work the weekend. I thought it was, I was working the weekend. I had no idea. And then I told Dawn about Kairos.
2: Well, She told me about the Kairos and I got super mad. She told me she was going to work, work it. And the first thing I could think of is, no, you're not coming in this trip. I mean, I just seen someone get killed not long before that. And I'm like, no, you're not coming in here. And she went on, she went ahead and did it, <laughs>
3: of course.
1: Of course. Mm-hmm.
3: But I'm glad she did. The Kairos, Um,
2: it's just amazing ministry. I mean, amazing ministry. I'm going to start off a little bit with my story. As she said, I called her, and and you know, them cookies was a big deal. I mean, it really was. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was but they implanted seeds in all these prisoners. I mean that was their seed to to get Kairos out and if it wasn't for them cookies or the my celly I would have never knew about Kairos
3: and man when I was in prison I was I was terrible. I I went off I left my wife she paid everything. I was uh very demanding. Hey, get me food in here. I didn't like their food. I was all I could think about is commissary. I didn't think think about her. I mean, after it was all said and done, I'm, I'm glad she did go. But it makes you realize what kind of a person you really are when you're inside. I mean, all you do is you think of yourself. I don't know that everybody did, but I did.
0: No, and we can all be that way sometimes, for sure. Yeah. That is, that is our society Uh, is, is it's, it's a me society. It's all about me and what benefits me. Right. Um, And when you're in a tough situation, yeah, then it can put you in that position exactly like, like what you're describing where you start thinking about yourself and you're not, you're not seeing your spouse. So you're not seeing how it's impacting them. So uh, it's definitely, it's understandable and, and you'd be frustrated being in that situation as well. So There's a lot of feelings
3: to deal with. Then also the uh, I'm sitting on my bunk and this is what
2: broke me down. This is what got me in Cairo. I was against her going. I really didn't want nothing to do with it at the time. But I'm sitting in my bunk and we get the uh little prison letters every month. The Echo. The Echo. And I'm reading this about Kairos, about women on the outside, and I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like me. I'm... I love my wife. She had everything. Like I said, she had everything. But then it started telling me about they're in lockdown just like we
3: are. I mean, maybe they're not Handcuffed in, in the bars. And it just kept on going about all this stuff. Well, when I got to the end of it, it was done by my wife.
1: They had interviewed me. And I don't even know if I told you they'd interviewed me.
3: So that was quite a shock for him. And that's what brought me to money. knees. And, and God
0: finds those times when uh he, he knows what when the right time is and, and what we need to hear.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: So what originally got you arrested, Don? And uh when you were first in prison, what was that that experience like for you? I know you, you've talked a little bit about
3: it, but but so what was the the experience like when you first got there? When I first got there, I was scared. I hear all these people, man, you got to watch it. They'll
2: kill you in a heartbeat. They'll beat you up. Uh I mean, I'm a pretty good-sized guy, but there's guys in there that's huge.
3: I can handle my own, but that wasn't what I was wanting. The being inside part was humiliating, I guess what I should say. All in one word, humiliate. Yeah.
0: So for you, Donya, what was it like when you first found out that he was going to be going into prison? Um, and then what did that that journey look like for you uh, right before Kairos and then after Kairos? How did that that change
3: you?
1: Well... We knew before he went, and it was a probation violation is what got him put in there. And so we knew that it was just a matter of time. They just had to do the paperwork. And so we tried to turn, well, he tried to turn himself in several times. So I had a little bit more uh, preparation, I guess, than I would have otherwise. But um, twice we tried to turn ourselves in and then... (laughs) Um, yeah, turn your, yourself in. Finally, the warrant was issued, and they would accept him. And that we had traveled to Greenville to see his grandmother, because he knew he wasn't going to see her for a while, maybe not ever, which he never did. But on the way back, we got stuck behind an 18-wheeler that had overturned. And so there's this warrant out for him, and he wasn't available. When we finally made it back to Dallas, the um, police uh, his his uh, stepmother called and said the police are here looking for you. We got there; they had guns drawn, and he was you know he had his medicine. Anyways, it was so traumatic mm-hmm. to have it pulled I on me. Mean, I'd never you know I've never had anything like this ever happen, and so that was the beginning of it. And I think that's what colored everything that went past, that went past it. So going in, finding out that you have to stand outside for two hours in order to get a 20 minute visit. And then whenever you go in, you get patted down like people were touching me and I had to Mm -hmm. take off. And, And that was so traumatic. For me, because I had never, you know, I I didn't even see that in TV shows. You know, it was just so foreign to me. And um, then, of course, just seeing him for 20 minutes and then hearing uh, Donnie had seizures and he would have the medicine didn't go in quite the way it should have. So he was having seizures, seizure after seizure and finding out about that and having to figure out who do I contact and what do I do? It was a miserable year, you know, and in my church family, they'd be like, oh, well, how's Don doing? How's Don? And, you, you know, it's it's like, OK, do you have an hour? Because I can fill you in <laughs> and it be <was> great. <laughs> or do I just say, oh, well, he's fine. He's doing OK. He's here. You know, he's getting fed and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it was a pretty traumatic year before I found Kairos. Um, But then when I did find Kairos, I ended up being a guest on that weekend instead of working it to find people who knew exactly what I meant. When I said, oh, he's okay, um, but he's an ad you know, and they'd be like, oh, what happened? You know, I mean, they'd actually, they actually understood exactly what I was saying. And that was such a relief. Um, after that year it's incredible
0: yeah and I understand the seizures part because I have seizures as well uh right. mine the, there's no medication for mine uh, mine are it's just I have pain that overloads the pain neurons and then it triggers stress seizures uh so I understand where you're coming from there and it, it can be very very frustrating um that and when you're in a situation where it's it's a matter of them not Giving the meds like like you should, that would be even more frustrating.
2: And then when she did get the right person, I mean, but when she <laughs> did get the right person, she, I mean, she did. She got the right person, and they called to the prison. Then when I, I went in, they called me over. So are you going to call your wife ever again? I mean, I, I was locked up in the hole for like two weeks. Because
1: I called my wife. That's when he was in the ED Seng. Just mm. because he called me, and I contacted the people in charge, and so yeah, it was not a good thing. It, it, it was yeah, not a good thing.
0: No, but it, did it result in you getting your medication? Is that what the end result was, or
2: no? I mean, uh. I think they cut my medication when I went in. They cut it way down from what I I was supposed to be taking.
1: Because it was all punishment. Punishment for telling me what was happening.
3: Mm,
0: Yeah, that... uh, It's scary, the corruption that uh, you definitely see uh, going on there.
2: Don't get me wrong. There are some good guards in there. but Some
0: of them... No, be, yeah. yeah it can be a bit of a power trip yeah yeah but it is like that with, with police or any organization that you're in yeah. some of them are good some of them are some right. of them are more, more that power hungry and right. I, i've experienced both when i've been told over the the power hungry ones and the, the ones that are uh more just friendly and and nice and you can just chat with them <laughs> right um so when you came to know Cairo's prison ministry, um, what was that experience like for for both of you, but especially Dawn when you're when you were in prison? So know you're a little bit more resistant to it at first. Um,
3: actually, I wanted to go to the Cairo's um, mainly for the
2: food. I mean, they, they give you three days of I mean, just food that you've never had
3: inside prison. So that was three years of not having decent food. But when I, that's when I signed up. That's all I could think of.
2: In between then, Donnie went to it on the outside. And when my wife come to see me, I mean, she didn't say I need to see Don Weiniger. She
3: had to give him a number. They, they, that was hard for her.
2: And inside, you're the same thing. I mean, they they treat you the same. One seven nine five seven two three. Come to the pod or whatever, but. When I actually went
3: to the Kairos, these guys came in with love. I mean, nothing, I could say nothing but love.
2: And as I mean love, I'm not talking about here's food, here here you go. I'm talking about they put your arm around you and
3: say, man, it's going to be okay. They talk to you. I mean, for the first time in three years, I actually had somebody human talking to you. I mean, not no boss man, I, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's what we call the. And not only
2: was they talking to you, man, they was listening. They they listened what you had to say. And they didn't
3: care what I'd done. I, I could have killed somebody. They, they really wouldn't have cared. But for three days straight, yes, we went to a project night. We had talks. We all set my tables inside, just like they do on the outside. We had all kind of talks about uh, I can't even remember what it was about. But it was all I can say is some guys cared. And they made a role model out of me.
2: When I got out That's what I wanted to do. Have have I been to one? No, I haven't. I haven't been back inside side side, besides going to closings and stuff like that for Kairos. But I knew when I got out,
3: I wanted to follow Christ, of course. But I wanted to follow uh, Kairos. I followed Kairos and uh, I can't tell you how
2: many times I've been on on meeting uh team since I've got out.
3: This is one thing that refreshes you every time you go to these team meetings and to these
2: weekends, it reminds you of all the love that people showed you when
3: you was inside and that's what it makes you wanna do. And when I first got out, uh,
2: that's all I, was, I could think of is going back inside until I went with my wife to a team meeting. And then we went to a weekend, and I'm, I'm like, wow. They are sh- I, I actually seen the kind of love they showed her. And the ladies couldn't, I ain't going to say they can't do it without guys, but the guys are very important to the ladies there. They they do the, the kitchen work and the you know help setting up. But man, I get to show the love that they showed me. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Um so Don, you now what was your experience like um once you you'd already been introduced into Kairos and and how uh, that? How did that really help you uh, throughout his, his incarceration?
1: Well, it was amazing to me. Like I said, the, the most, the, mostly, um, it reaffirmed the fact that God never leaves us or forsakes us. And so, knowing that, it just it it really helped me spiritually. And then when I went on the weekend, and I was actually a guest. Um, seeing not just the, the agape, um, the things that they give to you and um, the the time that they spend with you. I mean, all of that was wonderful. But hearing the stories of ladies who have been where I was, where I was sitting right then, uh, was amazing. And then I found other ladies who had husbands who were incarcerated and they couldn't answer my questions like, Okay, so I contacted I contacted this um, individual because of his seizures, and this happened. And they were like, "Okay, so you need to get involved with TIFA, which is the um, uh, Inmate and Family Associate Associate Texas Inmate Family Association." You know, you need to do this, and you need to do this, and that kind of support and the hand. I mean, they held my hand through the rest of it. Um, Every, you know, every just about every obstacle I could go to my sisters and say, you know, this is happening and I don't know what to do. And they were there. They were there for me.
3: She made some really tremendous friends. Yeah.
0: And that support definitely would be, would be important. Uh, We all need support in our, in our walk with with Christ and uh, throughout our life. And, having that support system in place and that kind of trial would be definitely something you yeah.
1: that would stick with you. Mm-hmm. And accountability. Yeah. They keep you accountable, you know, with the, with the whole, with him g- coming out, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> Whenever, after they've been incarcerated for so long, you know, they get this, uh, they have this mentality. And then of course we have to prepare the way for them to come home and and they've got to get social security numbers and, and driver's license. I mean, they've got to do all of these things. It's just kind of amazing. And um, they, you know, they keep me accountable whenever I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. This is just crazy. They can say, you know, hey, have you been praying for him? are you doing this, you know, make, making sure that I am keeping myself where I need to be so that I can minister to him? Because when he first came out, he was a mess. He was a mm-hmm. mess. There's no word for it. And he wasn't even incarcerated as long as some people are. And so, yeah, it was good. It was good. And it helped us get through it to until he was able to Kind of level off and re enter society again, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah.
0: And what was that process like? Um, the getting out and then getting, like I said, reintegrated back into society. And what was that process like?
1: Well, in the beginning, before he was to come out, we were given a three month head up, I think. He had to take classes and, in a uh, so. I I had to get you know just basically hygiene items and clothes and stuff for him because of his you know different things and um just for him to come home after about a week I guess it, he was able to start going to uh, people's houses or to the store and not, You know, just be like, whoa, this is just, this is not okay. You know, because like Walmart was a huge deal to have Mm -hmm. all those people, you know, just in your bubble (laughs) all the time. It just, it was a huge, huge ordeal. And so uh, once he was able to get out, he went to church, and that's when he was, uh, the pastor talked to him. Was it the pastor, Brother Lloyd, about getting a job? And um, before he came out, the pastor had to make sure that it was okay that he came He came to the church. And so they had meetings and all of that. So he was well-known. It was, you know, people knew. So anyways, he got a job, which was helpful. He got his um, social and he doesn't have a driver's license because of his seizures. So we didn't have to worry about that.
0: I can't drive either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But no. I was 350 miles away from her. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying about her friend. Man, she didn't have a car. Our car wasn't worth anything. But they brought her all the way over there to me. I mean, she She met some of the best friends she's ever had in her life. Now, as far as me coming home, man, it was weird for me. I mean, weird. Like she said, when we go to Walmart, man, I'm looking over my back. I mean, all the time, everywhere I go. And and prison just does it to you because you're having to watch your back all the time.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I myself don't like uh, a lot of crowded places. Uh, I, I'm not, not much for crowds. Uh, I have my own trauma growing up that's just really turned me off of crowds and and that. So, um, I, I get a little bit about that. But the the looking over your shoulder part is definitely would be something that would be hard to overcome and adjust.
3: It still um, is.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, how did God help you overcome? That process, like how is he involved in all
3: that for you? He's since I've been in, he's led my way. Since I, since I gave my life to him, he he's led my way, and. There were so many times, even when I came home, I'm like, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do this. But every time I talked to them, and I got through it, there was a time, sorry, Hi. there was a time, my wife don't even know it. <laughs> there was a time where, when I first came home, I was fixing to leave because I I couldn't handle it. Not I, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. But this lady right here. I mean, that's all I could hear God saying and what where was she this whole time when you was out? When you was inside. So, the only thing I can say is God held my hand the whole way through
2: and he still is because man it's not easy at all when you come home even to this day it's not easy for Mm us but with God with God we got it made we're gonna do it
1: and it's amazing how he has prepared the way before us this whole I mean he he knew what was going to happen, and he's just, he just—he shows us that I, I mentioned the church um, had this big meeting because of insurance or whatever about having him at the church, and there were some people at the church who were like, "Oh no, there's no way we could have this person be, you know, in in our church," and yada yada yada. And then when it was decided that he was coming, they were like, well, fine, you know. <laughs> and it's kind of hysterical because it's a complete change now. After they got to know him and God has worked in their hearts, they call him a brother. You know, I mean, it's not um, it's not uncommon for. For us to come to church and he's the person who is, you know, talking to people and shaking hands and, you know, and he's in security at the church. Um, That's one of his jobs is to make, to secure the outside. Um, And he's very good at it because, you know, he has a little bit more knowledge than some people do. But it's amazing. God has really changed uh, people's hearts right in front of me it's been amazing three
2: of them didn't want me there my best friends now
0: yeah it's it is uh sad that in the church that tends to to be the way things go with not everybody but with with some people within the church um and it comes down to judgment uh, they're thinking that you know they're a little better than you or that they, uh, their sin is not as bad as yours, but in God's eyes, all of our sins are equal. And uh, that is something he would work on in, in their hearts is coming to that realization that, you know, I've sinned too.
2: I, I've had one of them come up to me and told me, I mean, cried on me and said, I'm sorry. I was the one that didn't want you here. And I work for him a lot now. I mean, I, I'm his brother to him.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And only God can.
2: Yes. Work, that's what I'm saying. God leaves hand. God our hands. Only oh, God.
0: Yeah. Um. So what is God currently doing in your lives? Now that you're you're out and you're out with, uh, been involved with Kairos, uh, how is he working your life right now?
2: Right now, he's working great. I mean, <laughs> we both work at a... Uh, a uh, food pantry and we get to show our love there
1: we volunteer we don't actually work there we
2: just
1: just spend a lot of time there
2: and then we often sometimes go to churches and we tell people about Cairo and it's got me out of the point of I, I was always a shy one man you couldn't get me to talk about God
3: for nothing It's opened me up so I can talk about God. And when you talk about Kairos, you're talking about God. Mm -hmm. I mean, am I reading stuff right, straight out of the Bible? No. How, How do I say that? Okay, I believe straight in the Bible what I'm trying to say. And just talking about kairos that that opens it up to well what church
2: do you go to or what what do you do or hey why don't you come to our church
3: and so yeah god's got me where he wants me
2: that's for sure
0: and god does find ways of putting you out of your comfort zone uh, yeah but before this politics was my was my shtick, so I was interviewing all kinds of politicians and stuff. Uh and uh faith was definitely not something I discussed or was he comfortable with, and then God kind of brought me to my knees and was like, uh this is uh no longer your channel, it's my channel, and uh this is the direction you're taking. And I'm like, Well, I'm not comfortable with that. And it's like, well, get comfortable with it. <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> So uh, for you, what advice would you have uh, for those who have family who are in prison? Uh, either you could, could answer that, but uh, Donna, you might be a little bit more um, prepared to, to speak to that. Uh, what advice would you have for, for them?
1: Um, for someone who has somebody incarcerated? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I think first of all, my advice to them is to not take it not take it personally and it, it, which which means just because bobby did something wrong and was incarcerated that doesn't mean that you are a bad mother or you are a bad aunt or you did anything wrong that caused bobby to make this decision it's free will god gave us all free will So there's nothing wrong with you. Don't take this personally. It's not your fault. That would be the first thing that I would say. And with that, I would tell them, you know, there are people who know where you're at. There are people who love you. We have several weekends that are provided for you free of charge. Please just come try, you know, just a weekend. That's all. That's all. Just come and see what God has prepared for you. And it will be amazing. And that, that I think would be my, my advice. Just those two things.
0: Yeah, I think Um, that's great advice.
2: My advice would be love your, love the one that's coming home. I've lost a lot of family and some of them I still don't talk to. Don't let that get in the way. Man, we mess up. Everybody messes up. Mm-hmm. The only difference between me and the guards is they didn't get caught. I did. Love that love that inmate. Show him the love. So cause a lot of times they push you away and you go back doing the same thing
0: yeah well and you see a lot of uh prisoners when they come out uh like you say they can't handle it they just feel like it's too much um and and they actually do things to go back to prison um some of them intentionally um because now that's what they know um which which is sad and i guess that comes from maybe a lack of support system um or there does not feeling like they have a support system even though people are there trying to help them uh, like you say they push them away Um, and sometimes we do that to protect we think we're protecting them uh, but all we're really doing is harming ourselves is what we're doing and punishing ourselves further so
2: and whether they realize it or not they're the family that is their support system when they first
1: come home yeah that is true i have heard whenever i went to go pick donna up um i had to it was a three and a half hour drive and then i had to wait a couple of hours before he was released and it was very sad the amount of people who were released from prison who had nobody they had mm-hmm. nobody and it you know, one of the ladies that was there, you know, because they have to watch everything that we do she she said that the ones that go home on a bus or they don't have anybody, they're the ones who will be back mm-hmm. most of the time. They're the ones who will be back.
0: And that is so sad, uh, so very sad. um thank you guys for for speaking with with us uh, and sharing with us uh it's it's been very enlightening. You're welcome back on the channel anytime. Uh, if you ever have anything you want to share, uh, so thank you. Uh, thank you and God bless your your continued journey with with him and your growth. We thank appreciate you. what you do too man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just been listening to Donna and Donna from the Kairo's Prison Ministry International program speaking about how the program worked from both the prisoner side as well as the family of the prisoner side and uh, how God has been at work through that whole process. If you'd like to contact me for any reason you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com well i have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and i'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh for the lord right now uh if i haven't got back to you i promise i will get back to you uh i look forward to to speaking with each of you and interviewing you and uh keep tuning into the show there's lots of of new people that are coming on here and if you're considering wanting to to come on the show uh just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com and uh, i will get back to you